I just think he's full of SH1T at times. It's like, you know, quoting Kipling to players doesn't work. Rudyard Kipling. Probably Mr Kipling would have been better. OTV AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTV Sports app. Brian O'Driscoll. On Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. It's 80 minutes and you could be devastated or you could be elated. And and so they are, um, they're, they're rarely kind of runaway successes. You, you, you know, even where it's a highly um, favoured team, they rarely see it. I think there's a 12 point spread. This and, and you kind of think over the course of the season, that's probably fair on the base of what we've seen. But like 12 points in a final seems huge. Um, so... You do. You can you can play a bit tighter, but you you get the impression that there's enough experience in this Leinster team. There's enough of kind of youthful enthusiasm and vigor and and expectation and you know no no real sense of feeling pressure with a lot of those young guns that Leinster will you know will save one of their best performances of the season for this final. But that's Roger's job to try and. Um, to change that and 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 certainly put up a, a big challenge to them. Did you know what pressure was in these games? Can you feel it at certain times? Uh, does it manifest itself? I suppose. Yeah, it like, does. In in, in 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 being able to deal with it, say in the Leicester game or the Northampton game, and then in, in other games in your life, like the cake tin, when it kind of went the other way. Um. Yeah, it does. There's there's um. You know when when. You know that game against Wales in the semi-final in 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 eleven, we just couldn't ever get ourselves into the game, and it was so frustrating. And in fairness, they were a really good Welsh team that played well. But I think it's the frustration that you know that you you know on your day you have the better of them, but yet it's the other, it's role reversed. And I think it's very hard to undo that. It's very hard to change the momentum swing, and that's what happened with Leinster last year against La Rochelle. They they just a number of different factors went against them and they just couldn't change in real time and and sort out one or two areas that would have given them a chance to kind of build momentum in other areas. And that's ultimately what happened us in 2012 against Northampton. You know, the simple, simple facts were we were knocking the ball on, their scrum was significantly superior and as a result they were keeping the scoreboard ticking over or they were kicking the ball 40, 50 metres down the field and giving themselves great um, territory and, and, and possession from, from line out which was working well for them and then all of a sudden we literally couldn't get out of this rut until we got to half time and great words and Johnny spoke and Joe spoke and, and then Johnny went out and scored Did you 28 speak? points I probably said I can't re- specifically yeah. remember I was shell shocked right. because I, I was part of the problem you know I'd knocked on one really bad I'd, you know, I'd run a good line off Shane Horgan and I should have you know I tried to beat Ben Foden and I tried to get an offload away and I knocked it on and you know you recycle another phase and you score a try there and I tried to you know it wasn't a miracle pass but I should have just looked after ball a bit more and I that kind of stayed with me and I then I'd Foden had scored a try on probably a missed tackle from me you know a couple of yards out I didn't get a proper shot on him you don't make an impact tackle there they're going to get over so I'm, I'm having my head I've got I've had two really bad moments I haven't really done anything in the game and, and I remember just thinking to myself at, into the second half I've got to have two or three big moments that are going to make a difference to this game whatever about what I'm going to say at halftime in my head I was like right I'm I need to when, when you know it's time to deliver you got to 
read the situation and make the most of it. And Johnny's first try, um, you know, against the run of, against you know our pre-planned play, I saw an opportunity to pick and, and jam through the guts, and I made a break and offloaded to Jamie, and we got in behind, and as a result, Johnny scored. So there's one moment, and then you know one or two other things that you've done well that you go okay now I'm I really feel as though I'm part of the solution here rather than part of the problem in the first half when you win in Ireland you won a grand slam you won six nations it's amazing for your country is it a bit like the GA with the club and the county and that Leinster is your club it's your, you're there every day with these lads and then you win your three champions cups and is it is it deeply fulfilling like the celebrations the the words of meaning the arm around the shoulder one o'clock in the morning with uh, somebody and, and to say something are there things deeply fulfilling I think is a really good phrase to use it really is because I, I genuinely did consider going to France, you know, the first time I went down there was just to try when and drive that? a bit of a Dutch auction in '04, and then yeah. in '06 I went down privately okay. in Michael Checa's first year, and I and I said I'm I'm, I'm going to have a look. I said to Checa, I said I'm going to go and let, go down and have a look. I said I've, we've got a year to see what you know what we're capable of doing, but we've had four coaches in four years. I was like I I, I don't know if I can if I can hang around for any more. I've got to try and feel as though there's a chance of success. And we got to the semi final of Europe, beaten badly by Munster in that semi final. But that was you know wasn't a brilliant Leinster team. Let's be honest. And if we were able to get to a semi, well, there was potential. So um, so I, I signed on. And and for me, getting to win it, you know, three times with my home team, like the thought of going and winning it elsewhere would have been brilliant. And I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. But to win with your own, with you know the supporter base, your brothers, with, yeah, with with people that you know intimately well from hanging out and spending time and coffees and holidaying and days off and like you spend you live in each other's pockets and bus travel hotel rooms you you know each other so so well and um and so to then be able to appreciate it with them having felt all the disappointments of the losses and the lows in that Previ- you know, in the intervening year or the previous years um, it was so satisfactory it really was and to then not be a you know a one off to do it three and four years which I don't think anyone had done that people had done back to back but no one had done three and four and, and Michael and Joe the transition obviously was pretty seamless yeah, it was. And and it, it would, the timing was perfect, to be honest with you. Checks had done five years. You know, I'd never bored of things that he had said, but I think it felt right. needed new blood to, to bring this team forward. And the team he, inher- he inherited, what he was able to do in that early part was his perfect role. He did it with Australia then for the World Cup um, in 2015. Um, he brought us forward brilliantly well. And then you... Um, you look at, um, at what Joe did and he came in and he just he fine-tuned a team that was very motivated, had a very clear understanding of what they were trying to do. And then he brought, you know, he was cutting edge at that time too of those power plays, those launch plays, three-phase, you know, strike, that, you know, strike runs that no teams had done previously. And his thought around them was really brilliant and how to manipulate and and work defences and get them to do one thing and counter it with something else. It was very ahead of its time. Certainly in Europe it was. Um, so, yeah, he, I thought he brought us on brilliantly well. Is those Leinster teams, are they comparable to this or has rugby changed too much to compare? I th- it's very hard not to draw comparisons because 
because it doesn't feel that long ago. Right. You know? But yet, it's hard to, to see how this is not the best Leinster team. But then I asked, I interviewed Johnny Sexton on Monday um, for BT, and uh, and I asked him, is this the best Leinster team? And he, he paused and he said, <laughs> um, well, you know, that Leinster team back in 2011, 12, you know, they won back to back. You gotta be a good team to win back to back. So heard from Johnny Sexton that this is not the best current team in the one back then <laughs> unless they win back to back but like even was it 19 18 they won and then 19 they lost in yes, the final Saracens, like that yeah. was a you have know, got to remember that was a great team too you know you that was a good final. final was a great final so I don't know I just think this team across the board the strength and depth the you 60 know, players like phenomenal but like Guys, all of a sudden that you at the start of the season, you're like, oh, I don't know, is he capable of, you know, delivering? Being honest, guys like Ross Maloney, I, I, he was in the academy when I was there. So I was like, oh, you know, nice player. Just developed and brought on skills that are fantastically choked, coached. But obviously he's worked super hard. Josh, another one. Could name a number of these different guys. And then the strength and depth that's coming through where you've got... You know, international props on the bench. You've got, um, you know, back rowers that will get into any other team. Um, and, yeah, I, I, it looks like it's, for me, um, the best Leinster team. The most, I think, the most enjoyable to watch. Right. I think it has been. I, I it, And it's hard to say that. I enjoyed being involved in the teams I was involved in the past. We played some great rugby, we did. But it does feel as though this Leinster team just has something extra how's Johnny changed in the 13 years since so much right so much like unrecognisable you know and I'm talking to him on Monday compared to the you know fiery um, kind of bolshy 10 that he was initially Um, and it took a while you know we would have had you know fiery conversations him with everybody him and him and I but I, I look now and I see a real, a real steely maturity. Um, I think, think his family situation has really helped with that. But also, it's 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 unusual for someone at thirty seven to not feel a disconnect from his twenty twenty one year old teammates. That usually is what retires people. Um, is that you just have no commonality, no similarities, and um, it felt a bit like that for me. That I just felt. You're not thinking I could be these guys' father, but you're kind of going, I, I, where where are we in our world? You know, you're a father of a couple of kids. They've got, you know, they're just worried about what their next Snapchat looks like. And <laughs> you're kind of going, oh. Now it's TikTok. <laughs> exactly. And so you're like, oh. but but yes, I think he really enjoys the environment. Okay. He's able to take the most out, and I think that's why he's playing well. I think he's got more poise in the last 18 months, and that's saying something. I genuinely think he's got more time, sees the picture better, pulls the you know the trigger on the right play, and his shot selection is better in those hundreds of a second. And he's, re- he's a really, really unique player. He really is. He's a special, special player. And we should enjoy him for the next 18 months or however long it's going to be, because they don't make them on the assembly line no they, they don't really don't you know as we've subsequently seen with you know other tens that have tried to come in and and you know, you know replace them and nudge them but the fact that it's 
great and terrible that we're going into a World Cup with a twenty with a thirty seven year old, thirty eight year old it will be yes. as our number one choice because it's it speaks volumes obviously about how good he is but also that we just haven't been able to develop someone to put enough pressure to to maybe, you know, go, well, go we've got something just a little bit better and a bit more that that can maybe go the course a little bit more. And there will always be that nervousness around Johnny, you know, for a seven week period. But by God, he is he's a really great player. The other part of the storyline, as you said earlier, is Raj. Would you have seen it? Would you have seen Raj uh, transition from top player to top coach to I the think, three I finals? It's funny. I think it's worth mentioning as well with Raj is that what Raj was a really terrific player as well during that period of time and a different player, someone that could control the game phenomenally well, tactically supreme, very much played the game suited to that period of time, which those early 2000s is so different. It's 20 Quarterbacking, years ago. was it? A- 20 years ago. Just an understanding the strength of his teams, particularly in Munster, but yeah. also with Ireland as to when to play the percentages, but also when to, to go for broke. So, like, there's no shock to see someone like him evolve into the coach that he's subsequently become. Okay. He, you know, outhalves are our coaches in a way they're they they're constantly talking and barking orders and telling people what they want and so they see they're in they're, they're the best seat in the house to see what the picture looks like from you know up front connect with the connectivity to the outside back so um yeah I, I guess he's he's just gone and done it the challenging way by going overseas by learning another language by going to New Zealand by getting accepted in New Zealand and then coming back and taking on a head coaching role. He's been in three finals in 13 months with La Rochelle, which two of them Europe, which is pretty amazing. So um, I hope that he's, he, it's, it's a similar result to the two previous finals. Um, but, you know, he, if he keeps developing what he's doing, he will be a fantastic coach um, that will be covered by many clubs and potentially you know, some other countries. The game then, Brian, is it the case that Leinster just do what they did in the semi-final, the rook speed, the accuracy, the movement, the relentlessness? Is it more of the same? Is that is that the game plan? Yeah, it, it is. I think there's so much variety to their game as right. well. Though I watched the game last back, the semi-final back again during the week to understand last year where it all came um, undone for them. There's loads of factors. Um, you know, the halfback pairing is Johnny Sexton, J- Jameson Gibson Park this time round, and it was Ross Byrne and Luke McGrath. I thought that um, Larchelle targeted Luke McGrath and his pick pass, and they shot, at, you know, as from the guard closest to the rook and tried to stop possession at source, and they had some good success with it. They kicked poorly. And I think they kicked under pressure and they kicked because they were forced to kick. Don't, I think, like I talked about, the poise of Johnny there will be significant. And Jameson has obviously been phenomenal this year too. Um, just his variety and, and what he offers, but also his speed of getting to getting to every rook um, right after the ball carrier, or the first cleaner, and bang, it's gone. And there's no time for defences to set because the attack isn't even set sometimes. He just goes and plays. Um so I think if you play with that speed and that tempo and intensity um, 
no defensive team in the world can organise that quickly and that's what they will be looking to do. We've made so much of the speed of the ruck ball, you know, 70% of their rucks being under three seconds like that is, that's mind-blowing. And you know, for one of their tries against Toulouse with the James low first try, the last four rucks before he scored it were a second and a half each. Like, you could have 20 defenders and uh, you couldn't defend yeah. that. So that's the reality of it. So that is everything in the game. Starts with being collision winners and they have to take on board again this whole, you know, can they match the physicality? Well, I think we know that they can. Toulouse are a huge side. Leicester pride themselves on being a physical team. I think with the speed at which they're bringing to their game, physicality is relevant, but it's... It's it's not it, you're not getting into an arm wrestle. It's if they're playing fast, it means that they're using footwork at the line, and then their accuracy at cleaning rook ball to then go again ultimately just creates space for other people. And they've got lots of game break, uh, game winners. Does that mean the scrum penalties are less important if they have issues there? Uh, they are. They are. Scrum scrum still massively important, and and it'll be something that that La Rochelle no doubt will go to. Um, you know, if Tyg Furlong, um, you know whether he gets through a full 80 minutes or um, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. But it, it, it is something, if you're looking to try and target Leinster, you see, you can't, you look at the split of where their tries come from. I think it's like 57% set piece and, you know, 43% from broken field, which is a pretty nice split. So you can't just go, we'll stop, you know, ball at source and, you know, it will completely negate them. So you, you, but yet it is, a way to get into the minds and heads of that front five in particular. Um, so a seed of doubt. Um, you get the referee on your side. It's Wayne you Barnes can, now. If you can, if you can work certain, um, if you can work a couple of early penalties from scrum, um, I, it, it just it does something different for the mentality of the pack, less so the, the, the backs. But we understand it with our forwards. That is such a pivotal part of their game, that that physicality, that confrontation. And um, and we've seen the importance of the scrum in, in important games. Talked about Northampton game back in 2012, the World Cup in 2019. There's lots of other games like that where the scrum has had a huge bearing on um, scoreboards, you know, going north for one team and and territory and possession. So, it will be definitely a focus of La Rochelle this week to make sure that um, they squeeze pressure. The heat, the French environment, is this a potential worry for Leinster in terms of their their game plan? Of course, it is. You're not playing in conditions that you're ordinarily used to. Um, if it is up in the high twenties, um, as it's you know touted to be. Um, you know, you'll have to be very aware of um, the, you know, the hydration that that goes into your pre-game, but during the game, um, making sure that you know you're expending the energy in the best possible way, but you're recovering well and quickly. <laughs> Back in 2010, we're into the semi-final of Europe against Toulouse, uh, Toulouse down in Toulouse, and we were old school with the black bags under our training. <laughs> <laughs> heaters turned up full <laughs> it absolutely pissed out of the heavens <laughs> so it's always it's always the way so you know I don't think that's going to be a, I think it's going to be different this time around I think it is going to be genuinely hot um, so they just have to be mindful that at times they will be sucking 
diesel. At, you know, they really will be. There'll be um, arms on heads and 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 hips, but they need to just look across. And Will Skelton's going to feel the heat as well. And, right. And so will Wardy or Bougari or Antonio. You know, carrying twenty five stone around with you um, in twenty eight degree heat. It ain't going to be easy for you, no matter how used to it you are. So, it it's same conditions for both teams, but of course, Irish boys will be less used to playing in those difficult um, conditions. And that's therefore the importance of Dan Sheehan, Michael Alla Toa in the bench looks stronger than last year. Lance don't really have any injuries. Tig Furlong, okay, we know he's a little bit of a dad, but this is this is a fresh team. It is a fresh team. It is. You know, they obviously didn't have to travel down to South Africa. Yes. They've been able to pick and choose the games they've wanted to. They were able to rest everyone for the Munster game last weekend. So these are all factors that will, you know, should significantly help them. La Rochelle were lucky that they only had to play two frontliners uh, against... Was it Stad last yes, weekend? Stad, yeah. um, so and they still got the results. So it's an unusual situation for them to find to be able to find themselves in resting, um, you know, their their top players. But shows also shows the strength of their depth too. So um, it'll, um, yeah, you know, the, Leinster are are best equipped to deliver a huge performance. They can't have any complaints other than the niggles you're going to carry at the end of a season. Everyone's going to have them, but that'll be both sides. Ohio West will need to kick better in terms of his consistency. Yeah, he kicked well in last year's semi-final. You know, he didn't miss too many. And yes. he's, he can be a bit, he can blow a bit hot and cold. And um, yeah, again, what he did at the, the semi-final would be, would have frustrated him and them, you know, where they didn't put the necessary pressure into points. You got to do that in finals. You know, it's not always about kicking to the corner and looking for seven. Sometimes three and six and nine are very important just to give yourself a, a little bit of leeway and, and, and have the scoreboard show for the pressure and, and possession that you've had. Um, and that's why finals are so important to start well. You know, it's it's not everything to kick that first three points, but if you can be in the ascendancy... Little drop goal. <laughs> why not? Why not? Never be afraid. As Never you know. be afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone says that Johnny's last penalty against um, against Leicester was the, was, you know, the difference. What about my drop goal that started <laughs> us off? Got, got that scoreboard rolling over. I've hit a few drop goals in my time, and that one was actually... Along, you're proud uh, of that up one there, up there with the sweetest <laughs> but it didn't have much competition to be honest <laughs> the Lancer backs because you know we, obviously as a former centre you know you're going to be analysing back play and James Lowe has had an amazing run uh, Gary Ringrose Robbie Henshaw Lyon Hugo Keenan the consistency these will be the players that will hopefully have the platform to win the game yeah, but it's not just, I think there's been such a focus with Leinster, with some of their younger guys too. And like we have to make reference to the likes of Jimmy O'Brien coming in and how good he has been. Um, question marks as to who, you know, who Leinster's alternative winger is. Jordan Larmer obviously has been out, you know, through injury for a big chunk of the season and showing great, you know, potential against Munster but ultimately Jimmy is um, is you know has been outstanding for Leinster throughout the campaign and you have to feel it's inevitable that he'll get a cap down in New Zealand this this summer so it, you know as much as you you do look to the big names that have been around long enough the Henshaws the Ringrose the James Lowe's now I think there's a big 
comfort and reliance on some of the smaller names that are beginning to emerge. And I, I put Ross Maloney, even though he's been there eight or nine years, put him into that category that when maybe your big name internationals aren't the ones that give you the comfort that you're, you're you know, you, you've a particular bar to hit. I think that there's a major comfort across the 50 and the 23 that comes with that where you know that your weakest link is certainly anything but. Leo Cullen, Stuart Lancaster, if you're going to look at a coaching model, it seems to be the perfect one. It does. I think first and foremost, you need a little bit of ego with coaching, but whatever ego the two of them have, they really keep it at bay and they're happy to share the... um, share the upside, share the um, the attention and the praise in relatively equal measure. Um, I think Stuart has come in and there was a chance taken on him. There was, um, you know, he'd come back, come off the back of a pretty disappointing World Cup with England 2015 and his stock was low. And so the chance that he was given to go out and, and do what he loved doing and that be a head coach, be, you know, be an on-field coach, um, has been revolutionary to, to how Leinster have developed over that period of time. But but I met with Leo before Stuart came in and I, you know, he'd had that troublesome season and I wanted to make sure that everything was cool between the two of us and maybe I had been overly harsh on him for that season for his inaugural year. and In punditry terms? In punditry terms, yeah. And um, I guess you come from the high expectation of semi-finals and winning Europe, and then all of a sudden you don't qualify out of your pool, and it's it's just very hard to continually defend. And maybe I should have defended a little bit longer because, like I said, he was in his first season. But I tried to clear the air. But it was him that talked about the blueprint of what they've ultimately tried to achieve, and talking about getting to the width. And it was very different from what Ireland were doing they were very regimented quite robotics not the right word but quite um, regimented in what they were trying to do to manipulate the opposition where I think Leo had a vision for way more heads up rugby which has subsequently come to pass so as much as Stuart gets a huge amount of credit for the on field vision and training and um, and kind of evolution. I think Leo has a huge, huge part to play in that, and they see the game similarly. Just before we wrap it up, Brian, look, it's a great occasion to be got in Marseille, all these Leinster fans. Um, it, it, these are life memories, and you know, I'm sure you know a lot of people going down. Yeah, it's they're, 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 they're days to really relish and experiences to hold on to. Um, you know, I'm sure none of those Leinster boys talk about Newcastle in 2019 because ultimately they came on the wrong side of the result. But um, but they want to be they wanted to get that fifth star before Toulouse and they came second to them and they want to get back and and be vying with Toulouse for that sixth star. But you got to win the fifth first. Um, this is a really really great Leinster team and over the course of the last four or five years could there have been more than one trophy in them I think being honest yes is is the answer to that and they need to win this one to um, rubber stamp you know the side that, that we all think they have been this season and that can continue to be for a few seasons yet the age profile other than the obvious Johnny Sexton is really great for the future development of, of the game um, within the club so 
exciting time to be a Leinster fan but um, you know, there'll be some nervous moments still against La Rochelle they won't they're not going to roll over irrespective of um, you know what the expectation is or what the spread might be you're confident though that they're going to yeah it. I am I just I, I just What's haven't the seen, why, Brian? I just don't haven't seen enough of um, of La Rochelle this year to to really worry um, Leinster I think the errors that they made last year can can be easily fixed I think the accuracy at the rook you know Bougarie the, the hooker got two or three turnovers at pivotal times and they'll be playing back those clips um, they'll be looking at a real chop focus on some of their bigger ball carriers Aldrich and, and Skelton you got to chop them at the knees stop them in their tracks immediately Antonio another one these guys just can't be allowed to build any momentum. I suppose the, the one nervousness is what they're capable of doing. If you do give away penalties, what they can do at Lineout Mall. Um, they, they were very good last year at it. Uh, Leinster conceded one against Toulouse, conceded one against Leicester. So it's, you know, you can't cover every base. So if there is one area that should be hopeful that, you know, that they can combat some difficulty it might be there but I, I just feel as though there's too much firepower right across the board with Leinster to to not win this one so I, I think it'll be less than the spread but I, I think kind of seven or eight maybe seven or eight Brian and if they do it um, for the players for the coaching staff and for the fans the journey back from Marseille to Dublin will be fun and do it for themselves yeah. you know they do it for you do it for your for you first you do it for the supporters you do it for your family but you do it for you too right. you know it's um, it's sacrifice and, and effort and effort the people look on in finals and go oh aren't they so lucky out there playing that they have to run and vomit and not eat things that you and I can eat at nine o'clock at night and get into the sweet drawer and have a go at Maltesers or whatever. They're not doing any of that stuff. They are sacrificing an enormous amount to put their bodies in the, the shape that they are in to be able to deliver peak performance. Not the only ones doing it, but they're the ones doing it. And so this doesn't happen fortuitously that they get themselves in a position of winning finals. It happens because they've made all of the tough decisions to get themselves there. And they are absolutely deserving of it. Whoever lifts that trophy is deserving of it because it doesn't, they don't fluke their way to it. So enjoy it for themselves and all the residuals that come with their family and the supporters and the coaching staff and everything. That's part of it. But first and foremost, it's for you. Well said, Brian. Um Let's hope Leinster do it and let's hope Real Madrid from your perspective. Well. Hala <laughs> <laughs> Madrid. Come on, Gareth Bale. <laughs> Brian O'Driscoll, thanks so much. Thank nice you. Man. Cheers, John. Brian O'Driscoll on Off the Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.